This is Free Talk Live. My name is Captain Kickass, and I'm piloting this program for the first time ever. (laughs) Uh, You can call in and talk about whatever you would like to talk about, of course. Our phone number is 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-3733. In the studio tonight, we have myself. I'm Ian. And Ridley. Mr. Ridley from the Ridley Report. Dave Ridley is, is joining us. Our special guest. He's back. He's uh, formerly a re- fairly regular co-host. There was, I don't know, like a summer or a few months, several months maybe, where you were in here on a weekly basis. So it's nice to have you back. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and you actually just came back recently from Colorado where you were there for an extended period of time. But you're back in the Shire. Correct. Uh, so here we are. All right. We are supposed to have a special guest uh, to start the show out with tonight, but the you tease. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the internet connection is more of a tease because uh, the, wherever he is, it wasn't sounding very good, so we couldn't put Adam Kokesh on because we want you to be able to understand Adam uh, when he calls in, and uh, it was not working out. So hopefully, we can clear this up and we can get him on. Uh, I know he wanted to talk about his. Well, of course, he's running for not president. He's, I believe he has some campaign news. Yeah, trying to get uh, the Libertarian Party's presidential nomination. Uh, so we will get him on here at some point if we have to go with the... We tried to get him on Discord is what uh, what we were trying to do. And it just didn't work out. We didn't have enough time because I was both trying to train uh, Captain Kickass with you know running the board and stuff like that and deal with a, a special guest on the line. So you really had you had, you had everything thrown at you there, Captain Kickass. Hey, you know, uh, sink or swim, right? Yeah. That's kind of how I roll. Yep. Uh, trial by fire, uh, you know, any other cliches that you would like to throw <laughs> in there, uh, go ahead, throw them in. Uh, sink or swim, right? I think I covered that one. Uh, there is uh, a little bit of news uh, surrounding the I heard nothing happened in Virginia in today. Virginia? I heard it was fairly uneventful. 20, 22,000 attendees was the estimated number. Yeah, I saw a report. Uh, I don't remember what news outlet it was, but the same thing, 22,000 or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, armed folks showed up. They allowed something like 6,000 inside of the little free protest area. And uh, they made everybody else stand outside the gated oh, really? area. But then I saw some uh, eyewitness reports that said it was no twenty-two thousand; it was closer to a hundred. And it was oh. just you know, jeez, individuals on on the social media saying that kind of thing. So I have trouble with large groups of people and trying to estimate sizes. Yeah, it's if it gets above do. you know a hundred people or something like that, I I have a difficult time. Oh, that looks like one, two, four, eight. Okay, now it's yeah. a thousand. You know. Uh, so I also have that trouble. Uh, we do have a caller on the line. Uh, it looks like we have uh, a caller named Josh uh, from Virginia yep. uh, who wants to talk about this very topic, the Second Amendment rally uh, in Virginia. So we will attempt to go to him. So hit the air button. So we're, we're actually going to do a little uh, training here on the air. And there's uh, we're, we're, we're taking calls remotely. So you got to press that air button. And then he should be there. Josh, you're on Free Talk Live. Can you hear me? Hello, Josh. Josh from Virginia. Yeah, I can. Hey, there you are. Yeah, can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah. We have you now. You're on the air. Hey, um, I have a friend who is actually right in the dead center of uh, the whole um, the whole protest uh, over there, and he sent me a picture of a guy flying a swastika flag, and it just he it he, so he did what with the swastika flag? White people that are doing something there. I mean, 
that's finally we have somebody standing up to these Jews at the Capitol. Oh. I mean, I, there was a, it was a oh, you're one of those. You're one of those guys, guys, huh? You're a, you're a fed, aren't you? You're just an infiltrator, aren't you? Trying to make the uh, whatever movement look bad. Oh, uh, you want to talk about infiltration? How about that dirty little Jew, Mark? And it's like, oh, no, wife. <laughs> you're such a loser. Uh, I mean, you're just so show. pathetic. Or, or, or you're a prank caller. Get rid of him. Uh, okay, bye-bye. <laughs> What yeah. a loser! Yeah, that was uh, that was Josh from Virginia. I mean, to what a, what a pleasant guy to have such an obsession with people's ethnic backgrounds or their religion. It's just it's so sad. I mean, even Chris Cantwell isn't that embarrassing, you know. I actually heard uh, we had Chris Cantwell. I mean, I didn't have him on, but but he was on uh, Vincent's show over the weekend. On LRN.FM, he was yeah, on. I tuned in for part of that. I'm not all that familiar with uh, him or the saga. Uh, I've you know picked up bits and pieces over the over time, having been a listener to this show for a long time. Yeah, I mean, even even Cantwell uh, finally admitted this week that it's not all the Jews, like because he had been he had been sounding more like that uh, that caller. But even Cantwell was able to discern that there's actually. Normal people who are Jewish, who are not part of some sort of conspiracy, who aren't, you know, evil, trying to control the world or whatever. So, I mean, if even Chris Cantwell can come to those determinations, you just have to wonder if people like that caller are even real. Yeah, that's true. I think that's the most likely explanation, actually, is that he was just a crank caller. But well, it's just so despicable. He did sound like he was trying to prevent himself from laughing while saying the things yeah, he was doing. So That's true. You know, we have that uh, going for us, which is nice. Uh, it looks like we do have our special guest now. Oh, good. Uh, Let's bring him on. Do we want to bring him on? We do. Okay. Uh, Adam, it's the captain. Can you hear me? Hey, yes, I can. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on, Brian. Ian, much appreciated, uh-oh. as always. And, he and spilled the beans. Ah, that's right. It's just a first name. <laughs> uh, you are live on the air, Adam. Wasn't, uh, Oh, okay. Well, that was that wasn't. Uh, did you did you bleep that? No, no it's it, it's all right, man. You're not the first guy to know that. You know what my what my slave what my slave first name is. You're not the first guy. Slave name is but we don't know captain. how you spell it. Anyway, let's move oh, on. Oh, that's true. So uh, I I wanted to, I I I wanted to leave room at the beginning of that show for that great first caller to you know warm the crowd up for me. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna have a warm up act. <laughs> From my uh, 22 years in uh, doing music in the West Coast, Seattle area, you know, if you're going to have a warm-up act, make sure that they're not better than you in some way, shape, or form, right? (laughs) Oh, man. I screwed that up. All right. It's all good. Well, uh, so what you have uh, some news you called in for uh, to tell us uh, an update about you and what's going on in your world. He's running for not president. Yeah, well, it's been an amazing experience so far, and I wish I could have been in New Hampshire, but unfortunately, New Hampshire only gets 11 delegates this year. I was in Tennessee, where there are 23, and that was uh, last weekend, did very well there, and had a debate in Georgia this weekend. I got to give a big shout out to the Libertarian Party of Georgia for putting on an awesome convention, great series of speakers, well-organized, uh, very professional debate. I'm, I'm, I think the best we've had so far by uh, by a long shot and there are many more to come and i, I want to you know take this opportunity to give a a big shout out to all the other candidates who were there on stage for that debate in georgia um 
And they, uh, you know, we had Lincoln Chafee there, uh, Sam Robb, Ken, um, uh, excuse me, oh, oh, I can't even, uh, Mark Whitney. Many of our uh, listeners, of I've never heard of most of these people, so I doubt many of our listeners know who they are. It's nice that you're, you know, giving them props and everything. Uh, but there's a well, lot I of candidates, people right? Vermin, people have heard of people have heard of Vermin Supreme, yes. right? Yeah, we've yeah. definitely we've had Everybody's him on the show. And in fact, yeah, Vermin exactly. actually won the New Hampshire presidential primary for the Libertarian Party. Right. And I'm I'm guessing you didn't right. you weren't in that because you didn't appear uh, in person, right? Okay. Well, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't file for that, or or have, I, I don't remember what it was, but it was we decided strategically to put the strat uh, the uh, the the effort into Tennessee instead of New Hampshire since we couldn't do both. But Lincoln Chafee, a lot of people know Lincoln Chafee, or at least uh, think they should as a former governor, former senator coming into the Libertarian Party, bringing his resume and credibility. And I think it's uh, uh, a really good uh, No, that sounds uh, terrible. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh. And, and oh, you're actually, you're actually falling not. for it, Adam? No, I'm not. I'm not. I think people like that should be welcomed into the party, though. And I think it's really important to they've be helped, inclusive. They've helped whoever, so much. I think... You, I hey, can you stick with us? Adam, party. hang on. Can you can you hang on? Can stick with us on? for another segment? Absolutely. All right, just put him on hold, okay. if you don't mind. Uh, we will continue. And that's not how you put him on hold. <clears throat> There's a button on the uh, the phone screening software there that uh, will help you with that. Hey, it's actually called hold. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. Free Talk Live. Call in and talk about whatever you want. You take control of the air if you so choose. Our number here is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. We started talking a little bit about the Virginia protests this evening. Uh, We introduced uh, both of our guests that we have. Uh, We have Dave Ridley. Live in the studio, uh, and I'm Captain Kickass, along and with I'm Ian, and uh, we're in the studio. But we also have uh, Adam Kokesh. And before we go back to Adam, I want to tell you about local.bitcoin.com. They have launched a trading platform. It started up this summer, so it's still pretty new uh, at local.bitcoin.com. It allows you to buy or sell Bitcoin Cash. And you can use dozens of payment methods. It's a global trading platform that actually respects your privacy. So there's no identification requirements in order to sign up for and use the site, which really sets it apart from its competition out there. Because all the other ones seem to have some pretty heavy requirements, or a lot of them do. Over at local.bitcoin.com, you can trade Bitcoin Cash easily and privately that's local.bitcoin.com yeah i set up a, an account there Did you? A, a few months ago and yeah because i think did you buy it, something it, or sell no, it's, something? it's I, I want to be able to sell if you want to uh and and that's what's mostly the, the difficult thing and and that's what they seem to make easy and they seem to be pretty easy to set up but i haven't actually made a trans uh, well i haven't made a serious transaction there yet i have made uh, a number of them uh, it's not the you know it's it's still a new site you know it works very very well but the, it, it definitely needs some more participation I well it's to me i think it was it to me it proved more than anything else to be the use case for bitcoin cash you know that was the thing that i thought was interesting about well, there's it. a lot of use cases for bitcoin yeah. cash i just well, here uh, in keen for sure i, I mean, just tipped my bartenders uh tonight for my breakfast that i had before i came to the studio i tipped her with bitcoin <laughs> cash 
Uh, I mean, it's it's easy. You can spend Bitcoin Cash in multiple places in New Hampshire, and I think uh, even Thailand. It's uh, in Bangkok. It's pretty big for uh, for Bitcoin Cash. There's a town in Australia as well. As so. I say, I was reading yeah. about Australia that it's it's kicking off there too. Uh, but uh, we do also have uh, Adam Kokesh with us. He's on the line. Adam, can you hear us? Hey, hey, hey! I gotta say before anything else, big shout out to. Mr. Ripley for joining us. I remember the Ripley Report and, and your YouTube channel. Ridley. Ridley Report. The Ripley's the believe it or not guy. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. Good enough for union so work. Long, <laughs> or government work now no, in this case, the, huh? Yeah, right. I'm not the first one to make that mistake. Oh, gosh. Um, no, the, the, the Ridley Report back in the early Ron Paul days uh, and, and the reporting from New Hampshire and, and what, what David was able to do was uh, some pretty, you know, in-your-face journalism. And it was, uh, you know, I, w- I was like, oh, man, this is the competition when I, when I got into to YouTube and building up my own cha- my own channel. It was, it was sad to see it, it discontinued for a while. And it's really good to see you're back in media production. Oh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been constant. But uh, there was a there have been two different YouTube drawdowns against me. So then in, in 2012, they cut my hits by half for no particular reason. And then again, yeah. about a year ago, for no particular reason, my hits dropped by about uh, three quarters. With nothing really nothing else really changing much. You haven't been deplatformed. Yeah. You've just been sort of reduced platformed. Something like that, yeah. Dot- shadow, shadow band. Shadow band. That's what I've heard, yeah, from two different sources now, yeah. Diet platform yeah. light. No, yeah, been there, done that. It is, there's, there's nothing more frustrating than building into a, a, a social media network and developing a following and thinking, oh, now we've got the internet, we can challenge the mainstream media. And we still can, but then to have your legs cut out from underneath you in that process, man, it's, it's gut-wrenching. I think we all probably expected it as soon as YouTube came online. We knew something would happen to it, and uh, I'm glad it took as long as it did for them to go evil. Yeah, that's a good point. Getting bought by Google is what did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a moment ago you were telling us about this uh, politician, Lincoln Chafee, who's uh, formerly – is he a Republican or a Democrat? I, I, I don't... He's an authoritarian Republican, isn't he? Well, I mean, they're all authoritarians, aren't He's they? He's unusually authoritarian, well, last I checked, isn't he? You know – well, no, he's he's definitely you know of the Gary Johnson ilk of a, a libertarian oh leaning moderate. I think I think he's genuinely well intentioned. But I, I will say, well, we we had a straw poll in Georgia, and they only announced the top four, and he didn't make the top four. Either. Good. And I, I'd like to think that, and, and I support him being welcomed into the party. I support him running. I support him bringing that energy and and credibility for the people who need that gateway to the party. I want people like that to feel welcome. Uh, but I think what we've done over the last couple of years with this campaign and bringing people into the party and encouraging people to be delegates and making sure that we will never have another, you know, I guess what, what has been called the, the series of washed up Republicans as nominees of the Libertarian Party. And I'm, I'm very confident that, you know, Somebody who really represents the message and, and, and what this is about, not as a political message, but really an anti-political message, is going to be the nominee in uh, in 2020. The the other three in the top four in the polling were uh, Dan Berman, uh, Dan Taxationist Steph Berman, uh, Berman Supreme, and Joe Jorgensen. And I, I love the the pitch that that Berman is making. Um, I, I think we can 
achieve that with, uh, you know, a, a bold policy proposal like localizing the federal government. Uh, Hold on, I, wait a I minute. Vermin the- or Berman? Vermin. Vermin Both. Supreme. But yeah, the last one. Yeah, uh, you know, Dan is Dan wears the yellow hat, but he takes it off and, and, and is able to put together uh, you know, a very serious message and presentation. And I think he's shown that in the strength of his campaign, the people who he's recruited to be volunteers for him and, and the hustle that he's shown in getting around the country and, and getting to these debates. But wait, were you saying that Vermin Supreme has a serious proposal? Because mostly he's a satire <laughs> candidate. <laughs> Right, but but no, his proposal to the Libertarian Party is a serious proposal to say, look, the system's a joke. Let's put up a satire candidate and and actually ridicule the system with with that candidacy. I, I don't I think love it's it. the best strategy. <laughs> I love it, but I love it. Yeah, I think I, it's I, I think it's better it than Gary Johnson, and it's very better than Bob Barr. So, like you know, if you can't get yeah. the nomination, I definitely would like to see Vermin Supreme uh, get it. Ooh, a Kokesh yeah, Supreme could, we, ticket. We, we there you go. Worse. We could do worse, than, and we have done. Yeah, would you accept? Add, would you, you know, would you accept Vermin as your vice presidential candidate? Absolutely, as long as he signs on to the simple platform <laughs> premise of we resign on day one and we take the federal government through a bankruptcy process. We don't put on the ring of power; we throw it directly into the fire. Uh, if the Libertarian Party continues to want to go in that direction, and that's that's what I've seen. That's been the response to to my campaign and to, and to this message. That uh, if we decide to embrace a more principled and more practical policy, the everybody gets what they want strategy, uh, I, I have no doubt that Vermin would be willing to say, yeah, I'm, I'm, if that's where you guys want to go for policy, you want me you know, on the ticket with Kokesh, I think you'd be down for that. And I would love that. I, I think that would be uh, that, 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 that would be a very fun combination for the Libertarian Party. And I Kokesh think Supreme. In, in, in the sense that we're, we're not we're, – what's fundamentally different about this platform is that I'm not running – to be president. You know, I resign on day one and become custodian, the bankruptcy agent of the federal government. We have a peaceful, orderly, responsible bankruptcy process that leaves us with 50 independent states and up to 562 sovereign native nations. Hey, Adam, you got, you got time to stay yeah. on for another segment? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. We'll keep you on. What's a, hey, what's the campaign website? Well, without having to remember how to spell my funny last name and Kokesh for president, you can just go to thefreedomline.com. The next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to send, earn, spend, and exchange digital money in seconds. Send money around the globe with only a swipe. Instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and Fiat right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with crypto. Multi-tiered masternodes allow everyone to partake in the network. Visit DiviProject.org. DiviProject.org. This is Free Talk Live. Call in and talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. With you tonight, it's myself, Captain Kickass. And I'm Ian. Ridley. And we've been talking a little bit about a lot of things. Uh, we started talking about the Virginia gun rally. Uh, we introduced our guest, Mr. Ridley, from the Ridley Report. And then we also have, as a guest on air tonight... Uh, Adam Kokesh is also with us. And Adam, uh, sorry, you got kind of cut off there towards the end. Uh, We wanted to make sure you had a chance to tell folks uh, how to find you. 
I appreciate that very much. My main website, the easiest way to find me is thefreedomline.com. All three words, thefreedomline.com. Nice. What are you and doing? thank you, Adam, by the way, for the kind words, belatedly. So, hey, Adam, what are you uh, you doing more media right now? You still doing like your YouTube channel? I, I thought I saw that you uh, rebooted the uh, uh, Adam versus the man. I loved that show back in the day. Uh, it's kind of how I well, uh, was first introduced to you. So is that is that going on? What's going on? It's it, you know, with the way that I've been shadow banned and demonetized a year ago, it's been a struggle to get back to any kind of consistent production. But I'm doing a, a kind of free form podcast generally monday wednesday friday i had a really awesome show this weekend got up today a uh, round table with uh, ted metz former chair of lp georgia Stephen nicaela the chair of lp florida and joshua smith uh one, one of the top candidates right now uh who i'm supporting also for chair of the libertarian party and halfway through vermin supreme crashed it we did it here <laughs> in the bus on no force one and we had a, a live studio audience uh, smoking pot uh, in, in the uh, on the other side of the bus while while we recorded the podcast. And nice, it's a blast. I've been I've, I'm I'm enjoying getting back into it, and I feel like finally uh, I have enough perspective and sense of you know I'm going to make media for my audience, for my message, not for a platform or for a sponsor even, but. It's just part of what really motivates and satisfies me as an activist, being able to connect with people on that deeper intellectual level. And, you know, with, with libertarianism, and, and you guys know this, I, I know, you know all three of you have, have discussed it on this level, that not only is it an ethical message rather than a political message and, and therefore an anti-political message, but it, it, it also in, in every way possible has to connect with the spiritual and, and in a deeper sense when we're talking about a message of love and and respect for your fellow human beings and living better living by a higher standard of ethics living a better life free of the the poison of authority the spirit crushing the the, the soul destroying effect of government as a, as a coercive institution of institutionalized violence it really is a spiritual elevation, and you know what we are coming to. Some some of the hippies might call it the ascension, but there there really is an, an obvious kind of enlightenment uh, of humanity that we're experiencing right now. And I, I want to make sure that you know not just your listeners, but really everybody in this movement who has identified libertarianism understand that you know in in a sense you know, we are warriors. And I say this as, you know, as a Marine veteran or a combat veteran who's like, yeah, the militarism is a cancer on the warrior class. Reclaiming that warrior spirit doesn't mean, you know, serving in the military. Being a warrior is not the same as being a soldier. You know, a warrior is someone who's willing to put their life on the line to stand up, to defend the people who need it, to stand up for righteousness and justice and to intervene in crimes and stop them when they have the power to do that. A soldier... It's someone who signs up to kill for politicians, to be a part of a an, an inherently destructive racket sure uh, that is. is militarism that the founders of this country were against. And I, I think that's a huge part of the paradigm shift. And you know, the United States government, uh, the federal government, has become the biggest empire the world has ever known. 
Yeah, it's, say it's it so is. interesting because uh, I bring that up to some of my, uh, shall we say, less enlightened friends uh, that, uh, mm. you know, in, in the eyes of everybody outside of the United States, uh, we are the empire, if you look at it in the terms of, yeah. of Star Wars, right? Yeah. Like, like, and you can oh, tell, yeah. too, because, like, even in Star Wars, the, the bad guys... Yeah, the bad guys always have the coolest stuff as far as when it comes to, you know, toy, toys of war and that kind of thing. And so that's exactly, you know, where the federal government of the United States stands. And also, I wanted to mention, I appreciate your approach. I don't know anybody uh, who's taken the time to get to know you that, that would say anything other than Adam comes at this from a perspective of love and a perspective of brotherhood. And uh, so I, I give you all the credit in the world for uh, having that perspective and bringing it because it's so easy to get angry, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you see all of the death and destruction yep. and violence and coercion yep. that is caused. It's just so easy to get angry. But coming at it from you know a place of goodness, a place of heart, hey, uh, is Adam, the right perspective. Can we have you weigh in here? I mean, you spent some time living in Virginia for a few years, and it was a big topic on mm-hmm. the air last night. Uh, there were 20-plus thousand people apparently in the Virginia Capitol yeah. today opposing the uh, new gun laws that may be being put into place there. And I'm just wondering, you know, what do you have to say about that from your perspective? I think it's a, an important step in the realization of freedom for America. And what I'm so excited about here is the element of localization that is so obvious in this with this, the fight over sanctuary counties. You know, if a county can set its own law, we can say this county, you're allowed to own guns and, and carry them in accordance with the Second Amendment. You were a constitutional carry county. That's great. People want to live in a, in a county that's not. Let them have, you know, the, the right to set their own rules in their own community. Liberals want sanctuary cities. Conservatives want sanctuary counties. Well, guess what? This is why localization is the everybody gets what they want strategy. Right, so abolish the federal government and let uh, people make more localized decisions. Well, really, getting rid of the federal government and, and I, you know, getting rid of it is, is not unfair, but really localizing it, a lot of it gets apportioned, and we, we get to take back everything that's been stolen from us as individual Americans uh, in, in, the, in the bankruptcy dissolution process. But that's only the first step in localization. What this leads to then is the further decentralization of government, which is a beautiful global trend. And we get rid of the state governments, we get it down to the county level, we see city-states break off, people are able to form new communities to have a customized experience of governance or none at all if they so choose. That's the future of freedom. That's what, you know, I'm an American imperialist in, in the truest sense, because um, the ideal of America, of respect for other people's rights, of freedom, of overthrowing empires is something that belongs to the whole human family right i want to see us lead the world forward in freedom again that's the beauty of the american revolution that we said screw you to a king we're not going to be part of your empire anymore we're going to do our own thing over here and for everybody in the world to have that right that ideal of america i think that should go global the same way that you know hey we don't have to live under monarchies and absolute rule like that anymore we can at least have representative republics and i have certain ethical problems with that of course but it was clearly a step forward in human progress we're ready for another big one such a beautiful vision man i i love it when you talk about the you know the hows of how it's going to break down and you know how uh, you give the folks who are already 
parts of the federal organizations the opportunity to sort of own that portion of, you know, say the property, uh, you know, the vehicles and, you know, whatever the organization does, give them the opportunity to turn it into a business themselves, right? Okay, you guys are now part owners of this thing. Now go make it go. And that that idea can expand, as you say, downward, uh, you know, in, in a decentralized manner towards all levels of government. And uh, I find it a particularly uh, beautiful strategy. Adam, how do we get you moved to New Hampshire? <laughs> He'll never do it. Get rid of the mosquitoes in the winter, and I'm there. There's no mosquitoes during the winter. It's the summertime where yeah, you get no, the no, but yeah, that's, yeah, so you got to get rid of both of those. The it's mosquitoes the and the winter. So, yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, well, I, I, have, I live, you know, you know I, I'm uh, technically a member of the Free State Project. I joined in college really? when I first really got into libertarianism. I, I have a very low number on the on the membership role somewhere like uh you know because i joined do you uh before. do you want to hang out for another segment adam sure sure all right, all right stand we'll by eight fifty five. this is free talk live Seven nights a week, you can call in and talk about whatever you want. Our phone number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. Yeah, and uh, I know Adam Kokesh, who's with us on the lines here tonight. And thanks for sticking with us here, Adam. Your website is thefreedomline.com. You are certainly no stranger to New Hampshire. Dave Ridley had asked you when you're going to move up here, and you're pretty settled in down in I think it's Arizona where you're living at the moment. Uh, but you've been up here to visit us in the summertime over uh, many years, and I want to invite you to yep. come join us for ForkFest 2020. Now, by the time ForkFest comes around, uh, the Libertarian Party will have selected its 2020 presidential candidate. I believe uh, they're selecting that in the month of May this year. So ForkFest starts. That's correct. ForkFest, which is the decentralized. Uh, libertarian camping festival begins june 29th this year and it will run through july 5th so if you don't have any plans for independence day yet then uh, you ought to plan to come on up and join us in the woods the beautiful white mountains of new hampshire at rogers campground which i know you've been to but it's been a few years right when was the last time you were up at rogers campground it's been it's been a few years and it was partly because of uh whatever the kerfuffle was between you and the organizers i I wanted to have your back in that it was just like if if you know they're they're gonna pull this crap with ian you know i'm gonna I'm gonna step back but if you're in there and fork fences we have we've evolved past the origin to the next phase, and that is where you're going to be. I would love to be there, and as the nominee, I think that would be an awesome campaign. Well, whether whether, whether you're know, the nominee the at that project. point or not, we'd love to have you up there. And, of course, just to be clear, we're talking about ForkFest, Fork. which is not the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Right. ForkFest is the decentralized alternative where there's no organizers, there's no board of directors to make dumb decisions. So, And it has a song. Does it? Porkfest.party. <laughs> it's going to be a party. And it will be. And it was last year, and it was much bigger last year than I thought it was going to be. Of course, we don't have ticket sales because there's no tickets for a decentralized event. So it's like the most affordable thing uh, to come up and do because you don't have to pay un- unnecessary costs to attend it. And I would say we had a few hundred folks there in 2019. So it could be – some people are saying this may be the year of the flippening where the, the number of attendees we at flip, Forkfest. Yeah. Uh, Outweighs yeah. pork fest. I yeah. love yeah. it. And I love it. It's going to be Captain Kickass's first time attending That's as well. That's right. So That's I'm right. looking very forward to it. 
I've had some amazing times there with the community and, and at Rogers, and it's been a big part of what's inspired me to live how I live now. And I wish I could say I was a perfect agorist, but I do live as, as close to that ideal as possible on 10 acres off grid in the mountains in Arizona, where the piece of land that we bought when we got it did not connect to any existing roads. So no roads, you know what I did, right? No roads. How did you I ever travel? Built a road. <laughs> oh Wait, my I thought God, you... I thought only government could. How, how did <laughs> yeah, you build no, a road without government? Excited. Yeah, don't get too excited. It's just a big scratch in the dirt. It for is now. A, a, second, no, I, I did, a second. I did. It's a second century. <laughs> a second century technology that the government can never seem to get right. Mm. <laughs> hey, so no, check out. I just want to remind our listeners to uh, to check out the the website for Forkfest, a, a website. It's you know there's no official website, so this is just one of them. Uh, Forkfest.party. There are links there to a Telegram chat room with I think over 150 uh, members in there. There's uh, the uh, there's also a Forkfest forum, and so people are already pla- planning what they're going to do because it's decentralized. So like Derek and Stephen from AnyPay put up a big old dome last year and threw some parties. Uh, the Alt Expo guys were there doing press presentations on a variety of things i've heard rumors there may be musical uh performances this year which has not happened before so we're going to probably see some new things jay noon with man camp he's bringing that back uh and so you know we're, we're still six months out and already people are are throwing around ideas for what uh, what sort of neat things they're going to be doing there so i will look forward to, and we'll hope to see you there adam uh adam adam i have questions Absolutely. for you well i well i have well i've got a sec um uh, first of all, uh, what are you, what can you promise us by way of you know what are you going to do to capture the media's imagination the way Vermin Supreme does? How can you uh, get uh, media attention? Because I have not seen really anything interesting about you, and I should have seen something by now if you were doing something interesting. <laughs> oh well, there's been a, 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 I've been hustling. We've been making all sorts of uh, interviews, and, and it's actually been. The one one of the biggest time investments into this campaign. Just a lot of it is smaller time, you know, podcasts and uh, and, and blogs and things like that. But I was also interviewed on uh, Fox Business and Fox DC uh, just recently, and I've had a couple other major media hits. Washington Times did a piece on contrasting myself and Chafee. But mm-hmm. what I'm what I'm asked sometimes, and, and I know uh, you're, you're familiar with my civil disobedience background and, and street theater, in, in a way that is a uh, you know somewhat akin to Vermin's actually has, has been extremely successful in getting media. One thing in particular that I can talk about publicly now that I'm I'm very excited about doing for whomever the nominee is, and, I, and I, of course I hope uh, I get the honor of leading this exercise myself. Uh, this operation, rather, is a combination of two things that we've seen done in the past that we are uniquely capable of organizing now. And one is when Ralph Nader was the 2008 presidential candidate, uh, was endorsed by Ron Paul, was shut out of the debates. He went and uh, got arrested storming the debates and in civil disobedience trespassing, said, you know, the American people deserve to hear uh, a third voice in this debate and was able to at least make some media and be a part of the conversation with that. What we did in 2012 with Veterans for Ron Paul was march on the White House with about 500 vets, uh, all in formation, chanting President Paul and end the Fed. And I think for the people who need that gateway, you know, I am somewhat, I'm always 
reticent about playing the veterans card because uh, the fact that I was naive enough to join the military and volunteer to be a party to a war crime really shouldn't be giving me a, a, any kind of extra credibility. But it shouldn't be, but say, if you got the card, you might as well play it because it, it does play yeah, well. Meet people where they're at. Yeah, speak that language. If you can use that as a way in. So what I'm going to be doing is organizing a formation of, uh, I, I hope we can get over a thousand this time, veterans marching on mm. the presidential debate demanding Ooh, yeah. that the libertarian nominee be heard and it's 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 the message to the american people we put our lives on the line because we thought we were fighting for your freedom we want you to listen to this person and will, will you let them in the debate will you demand that the uh, presidential commission debate or whatever it is the commission on presidential debate have a, a fair standard and allow for the first time a, a true third-party competition in this debate and i i think we can have uh, you know, if, if we have uh, a thousand who are willing to risk arrest in crossing that line at the debate, I think we're going to be a bigger story than the debate itself. Yeah, that would be definitely that would garner media attention for sure. It is a little weird how like, uh, you know, they seem to put any alternative candidates outside of the big two sort of at the uh the debate kitty table, if you will, uh, you know, reference to Thanksgiving yep. when you were a kid. Oh, they, they don't know, even they, get the kitty table. They're, they're out by the dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> they give him a folding yeah, chair. Yeah, that's just a, that's yeah. a much better metaphor there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Adam, anything else you want to share with our audience here tonight while we got you? Uh, yeah, well, just, this is going to be a really exciting year for the Libertarian Party, regardless of who the nominee is. I'm just excited that what we are doing now with the Libertarian Party, much more invigorated by the grassroots, is bringing a message of principle based on libertarian ethics, based on the philosophy based on uh, applying it in an ethical, you know, morally consistent way. And if it wasn't for the power of this idea, I mean, I don't think it's, you know, I, I have, uh, you know, I have a decent following. I wouldn't say my resume is presidential by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a testament to the power of this idea, how much momentum we have got behind this campaign, having raised more than all other primary candidates together at this point in the Libertarian Party by uh, a, a multiple of, I, I don't know what it is as of the last FEC report, but, you know, it, it is, I am, I'm just so encouraged every day. And if people want to get involved, you know, whatever it is, step up. The Libertarian Party is, is kind of an open source organization. Anybody can jump in and put their energy into it and actually have a say in how things happen, including who the nominee is. It's not hard to be a delegate to the National Convention, to be one of a thousand votes, who gets to decide who's going to represent the word libertarian, the libertarian party, the libertarian message in, in the biggest opportunity that we have every four years in the presidential election cycle. And, and it, it's, it's looking really good for our campaign. Uh, Joe Jorgensen was the other candidate I didn't get to mention in the Georgia straw poll uh, with 29 votes. And uh, we took it with 20, excuse me, with 47. Congratulations, Adam. Great, yeah, thank you. Keep we up had, the good work, bro. Thanks for doing stuff. There, Thanks for doing stuff. And in Tennessee. So, Adam at thefreedomline.com. Please email me if you want to get involved. Very good. Adam Kokesh, good luck, brother. Free Talk Live. we got more coming up. Or two's next. Are you sick of hearing the same crap on libertarian podcasts, inside jokes, interviews of the same person you've heard 50 times? Then you need to listen to the Lava Flow podcast. No nonsense and to the point. 
get the information you need, and get out. You won't hear the latest libertarian circle jerk news here, but instead hard-hitting anti-statist news with me, Roger Paxton, shooting from the lip. LAVA stands for Libertarian, Anarcho-Capitalist, Voluntarist, and Agorist. And if you think you fit any of these categories, then this is the podcast for you. Listen now at thelavaflow.com to find out what's rustling my jimmies, what's in the news, the latest bad cop, stupid stuff statists are saying, and so much more. You can find out more and subscribe on any podcatcher at thelavaflow.com. That's thelavaflow.com. Part of the Pax Libertas Productions Podcast Network. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Call in and talk about whatever you want. Our toll free number is 855 450 free, like freedom. That's 855 450 3733. Uh, we talked a little bit about, uh, well, we mentioned the Virginia gun rally. I don't know that we ever actually spoke about it. Uh, we had uh, our guest, uh, Adam Kokash, on, uh, giving us an update on his campaign activities. And we also have a special guest in the studio. Uh, I am Captain Kickass. And hey, I'm here Ian. with me. It's Ian. And I'm Ridley. And Mr. Ridley. That's right. So uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Virginia gun rally because nothing happened. And well, 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 so no violence. That's no what we were talking happened. about earlier. Yeah, Something surely did happen. I wanted besides to the point fact- out, though, to our listeners that, you know, over 22,000 armed people showed up to a single area and no violence ensued. So everybody that's afraid of people, you know, open carrying or carrying all the time or concealed gun permit, all that kind of stuff. For the folks who are afraid of people just carrying guns, it's completely unfounded because here we have an example of 22,000 people who well, showed up yeah. and no violence ensued. And the Tea Party was like that, too, just to a large extent. And it was, you know, I think it was probably generally less violent than the Occupy, although both of those, I think, were, were helpful movements in a lot of ways. Uh, but the Tea Party was better armed, and uh, I think I think was uh, more more orderly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a caller who's been holding for quite some time. I'd like to go to him, uh, Bob in New Hampshire. Uh, you are on Free Talk Live. Hi, uh, I'd like to talk about the Trump Iran situation. The what? The Trump Iran situation? Nigger, 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 oh, nigger. No, you can't say can't that on say the radio. That. So- LRN.FM. There you go. He waited, what, like a half, wow. almost an hour for Yeah, that? like a good hour. We heard him uh, more than he heard us. <laughs> well, that was exciting. So uh, you were going to make a point. Well, about yeah, I the- mean, I'm sure a lot of different abuses happened at this event where police were trying to stop people from filming or trying to bark orders at them or threatening them or something. That, that sort of stuff, with that many activists there against the government... That probably happened four or five hundred occasions during this event, and yet, probably in most cases, no one bothered to videotape it and put it on, on uh, you know, BitChute or right. uh, or Metacafe or, or or on the internet or whatever. Right. I know uh, one of the points that I make to folks, uh, and it's a cliche point, but folks who blame guns for you know these mass shootings and all that kind of thing, uh, the question I like to ask is, uh, how come you never see uh, a mass shooting at a, uh, a gun show? There's a reason. There 
There have been gun shows. Uh, there was one I was at where a gun went off, mm-hmm. uh, but it was not actually intentional. Right. But it was scary. I, I imagine so. Yeah, I mean, but that's got to be the exception, right? Yeah, it was yeah. definitely an exception. A gun can't necessarily stop violence, but it can turn a massacre into a shootout, which is you're better off with a shootout. Indeed. Uh, I believe we have a caller attempting to call on the Discord line. You want to click the name of the actual room, not the caller itself. Right here? Yep. There you go. Uh, Wesley, you are on Free Talk Live. And he may be muted on the board, so you'll want to check that, too. Oh, right. We're training today on Free Talk Live. Captain Kickass, first time in the seats uh, there on the board. You'll want to unmute the oh. Discord, which is right next to our microphones. There you go. Wesley, can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Hey, thanks for tolerating my training wheels today. You are live <laughs> on the air. What's going on? Hey, uh, is is Dave really in the house? He certainly is. Hey, Wesley. Hey, Dave, uh, I wanted to ask you, do you think it's okay to kill and eat animals? Uh, I think that's a great question, and I think it's questionable. I do it just a little bit. Um, I am a, what you might call a reducitarian. Okay. What is that? Okay. What is a reducitarian? Well, that... Dave, what is a reducitarian? Oh, I'd be like a person who's similar to a vegetarian, but like someone who can't completely give up meat. They have to have just a little bit. You know, you can't live without it. That's me. You have like a steak once a year or something? It's more like having a very small amount of meat with as many veggies as I can tolerate, as much peanuts as I can tolerate, and it, that tends to happen about every two days. Okay. Okay. So Don't a lot of these vegans and vegetarians look kind of sickly, like that they're not really, you know, in good health or whatever? Isn't that kind of a thing? I don't know. I did know a guy who was completely vegan, and uh, I mean, he and I were about the same size. Right? Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm a meat eater. Right? I'm a big boy. Right? Yeah. You know that kind of a thing. But uh, this guy was completely vegan. Was he just but, pounding down potatoes or something? Well, like, I think how does that I work? think it was the carbs, right? So like, okay. you know. Uh, all of that, you know, potatoes yeah. and bread and, you know, all versions of that. I see. You know, so because, I mean, it sort of limits your diet, right? If, you know, that and what's the think, least yeah. expensive foods that you can buy, right? Pasta, rice, potatoes, right? Those are all the least expensive foods. So, uh, Wesley, did you have more okay, questions um, for Dave? Yeah, I do. Um, so I think that was a pretty good answer from Dave. I, I like the straightforward answers. But uh, my second question is, if it's not per- too personal, of course, you don't have to answer. But I'm just curious, like, how old are you? I I have people in the Discord saying that you're tw- that you're 30. I'm like, is Dave 30? I, I don't. Oh, but, no, I'm, uh, I'm yeah, 53. Oh, man, I was going to. I think last time I checked. <laughs> I was going to take a stab. I was going to go, you're 38. <laughs> He's got the hair of a 30-year-old. <laughs> Okay, well, that that's all. Thank you for having me. All right, okay. thanks, Wes. Right. Thanks for calling in, Wes. Now, I happen to know that Wes, I believe, is a vegan, so he's you know, unusually interested in, in that particular topic. And I think that's really actually not something that's probably asked enough. It's only the second time anyone's ever brought that up with me, because hmm. uh, I was mentioning the non-aggression principle to uh, someone once, and, and she, she asked me that. And, and I think, yeah, that's a... You know, um, the, well, the non-aggression that? principle typically only applies to humans. The idea of not using violence or the threat of violence to, you know, uh, try to influence people, basically, or try to get your way. Yeah. Um, some people would say that should apply to animals as well. Yeah, I think there's really a case to be made. I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of like Thomas Jefferson with his slaves. You know, he got addicted to slavery. He liked, he liked freedom, but he got, he got addicted to slavery. And mm-hmm. I think probably history will judge me 
harshly the way it judges, if it judges me at all. <laughs> if it pays any attention to me, it will probably say, well, he ate meat. And he, I, uh, that's terrible. And I think they'll have a point. Yeah. I, and, you know, uh, I don't know if there's, you know, hypocrisy involved in, in being a meat eater or whatever, but I just I don't find, think there is because I think the beasts will kill you if they have the chance and they will eat you. Indeed. I, I just find barbecue meats, particularly smoked barbecue, <laughs> to be way too delicious to, to give it up, to ever give up. Yeah. I can reduce, like you're saying, you know, I could see that becoming you know a thing in my future but like oh man i don't want your veggie bacon well and the the solution is is what in so many things it's not it's not so much i mean uh, god bless the vegans i admire admire what they're doing but the solution isn't necessarily telling humanities to sacrifice to stop doing something it's to move forward technologically and they're they're making some progress with this sort of lab-grown meat and stuff like that right yeah the genetically there's no no suffering involved so i really look forward to being able to eat that right you know uh, I eat all the alternatives I can think of right now. Yeah. I'm always open to more. If anyone wants to call in and make b- better suggestions on how to further reduce meat, I'll always listen. Well, I um, I don't think that uh, look. I don't I don't think it's bad for people to uh, spread their worldview, right? Like we certainly try to do that with liberty on this program, and certainly the vegans would love to convert the entire world. But I'm not in uh, of the belief that I'm going to be able to convert everybody to libertarianism or, or liberty. I don't think we're ever going to get a majority uh, you know, around the world. But if we can get a majority in one very, very small place, then that would be sufficient because then we can like have... New Hampshire, for example. Right, because uh, then we can have a more free place to live for us. And if other people want to come join that and also be free, that would be really cool. Um, but the, the vegans, it seems like they want to convert everybody. Now, they're all different, so I can't speak for them, obviously. Neither can Wesley. He can only speak for himself. Uh, but there's a, a real push to convert. And it's like, you know, it's never going to happen, right? Like, you might be able to bring some people on board with being a vegan, but you're never going to bring everybody on board. And so, therefore, animals are always going to be slaughtered. Uh, that's just always the way it's going to be. Maybe you can reduce the number of it uh, over time, but I think that's really the best they could possibly hope for. The idea that you're going to convert everybody who likes meat to stop eating meat, it's just unrealistic. Yeah, I, I always say just do you and let everybody else do them. And, you know, if you have a good argument for it, present it when asked. Uh, 855-450-FREE is our number. Uh, call in and talk about whatever you like. We are Free Talk Live, and you can find us at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. I'm the captain, and with us tonight, it is... It's Ian. Ridley. And And also, And I want to let you know about AnyPay's new ambassador program. We've talked about AnyPay as the premier go-to option to help local businesses except in your business, uh, except cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Dash and Bitcoin Cash and uh, also Bitcoin SV at your uh, local cash registers. You can download the AnyPay cash register app and help your local businesses get set up. But now there's an incentive to do it beyond just you know the, the goodness of your heart and helping uh, cryptocurrency get out there. Now AnyPay is actually going to pay you to set up an, a local business with cryptocurrency. And the way it works is instead of getting uh, like a like a, a, a spiff up front, 
you get paid on every purchase that somebody makes with Bitcoin Cash and Dash at that local business uh, if you signed them up. So now you finally have an incentive. You make it happen, you receive the rewards. Here's how you do it. You download the AnyPay Cash Register app for yourself and add your own cryptocurrency wallet addresses to your uh, version of AnyPay. Then install AnyPay at a real-life business and tell them you did it at AnyPayInc.com. That's AnyPayInc.com. Well, and uh, I'd like to thank my hosts and our callers for bearing with me on this training day for the captain. If you've ever had a first day on the job, I'm sure you can identify <laughs> with all the things that go on with that. But, uh, you know, there's I'm, no better way to do it. Than I'm just rocking to the jump boat in. because yeah. I'm a rock and roll kind of guy, but I haven't capsized. So uh, let's hope it uh, continues to go well. Uh, if I've done everything. You've had two crank callers, too. I have. It's been uh, a challenging a special, day. An, an in studio guest, uh, an external guest yeah. calling in. Yeah, really and, everything. And we have yet another guest. Guest, sorry. And if I've done everything correctly, uh, I believe we have Mark Edge on the line. Mark? Edge calling from the U.S. Mariana Islands. There he is. Mark, what's going on? I'm just calling in to uh, tell you about uh, some things I found out about property ownership here. You guys were talking about moving Liberty folks to one place, and I right. think that uh, I've uh, you know I've been kind of scouting out Mariana Islands for for that exactly. And I'd say that, um, well, there's a pretty good argument. It's the freest place in the United States. Really? Do tell. Um, I, now, yeah, before you get into well, it, I, um, I'm just curious. Dave Ridley, are you aware of this at all, this Mariana Crypto Frontier thing that's been going on? Well, I, I've been following Blue Frontiers and the Seasteaders, and they were trying to set something up in the French Polynesia area. This is different. But- yeah, this is not seasteading. This is actually on an island. So seasteaders are the people that want to create platforms out in the water and live uh, supposedly more free on the platforms. Unfortunately, the right, first outside time they, of the you know borders of statist countries. Yeah, unfortunately, the first time they tried it, they got raided by the nearby statist country, and uh, t- their platforms were destroyed, and the warrant was placed for, uh, placed for their arrest, and they had to escape from the with possible uh, death penalty, if yeah, I recall, the jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a bit of a different approach. Mark, do you want to sum it up for? our listeners and for for dave ridley on what you know what drew you down there this is a u.s territory as opposed to its its own unique country and uh, basically it's really low population and that low population has been not interested it's been it's the most republican area in the united states except their republicans are kind of different they don't like guns they like weed you know um so it's I, I you know the best thing I can tell is I haven't found too many places that I would call it tyrannical. I would call it uh, inefficient and corrupt, but um, you know all governments are corrupt, and this one you know probably is really no different. Have you been there since Thursday? I, the seventeenth. I don't know what day. I, yeah. I, I've, <laughs> I've lost track of it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So what were you calling to to share tonight specifically? What have you discovered? uh, You said about property ownership? Probably the one thing that is, um, you know, that why a a liberty-oriented person wouldn't want to move to the Mariana Islands is you can't own property. The longest you can get is a 55-year lease, which is pretty long, right? You and I, we're probably not going to live much longer than 55 years. Who do you lease uh, it from? What's that? Whom do you lease the property from? The person who had it the last time. So um, natives can own it. Uh, p- people that are called NM 
D. So Native Mariana, uh, Northern Mariana descent or Native Mariana descent, one of those two. And they can own property. So they'll own it, what they call fee simple. And then they can rent it out 55 years. And then and after that point, it reverts back to them. Okay, so you're not uh, leasing it from, say, the United States government. You're renting it or leasing it from uh, whomever the native owner is. Right. The U.S. government has a very small footprint here. Wow. So imagine how ni- and nice the, the country would be if they'd done that in 1870, you know, when they were conquering Kansas. It's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that would work. Um, but <laughs> you know, I I can tell you as a as an American, I would like the I like the idea of buying my property, and um, I I found out some information yesterday that I thought was worth sharing. So it's true you can't buy land, but you can buy a condominium fee simple. So as long as it's on the second floor or higher, you can own your condominium and. This is really important. There's no property tax. So wait, 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 wait. For instance, no property yep. tax. That's freaking amazing. Correct. States they claim to own their property. Well, they don't. They just have a long-term lease. Uh, you know, a lease with no expiration from the government as long as they continue to pay their money. Here, you can buy a domicile and live in it. Fee simple. Well, you keep saying fee simple. What does that mean? Well, I'd have to define, um, you know, it, it, it's it basically an allodial title. Um, you know, simply you own it. There's mm-hmm. no property tax. And well, in the case of a condominium, there's true. there's probably some rules, though, right? Like condos usually have associations. Right. You're dealing with neighborhood Nazis then. So, I mean, you're not like you're not out of the woods completely in a condo, right? There, you know, I'm working on a situation uh, to perhaps get somebody to basically buy a piece of property um, for you and then have it as an agent. And then you can have a contract with them that you own it and that it gets renewed whenever. But that's kind of a workaround. Would that hold up system. in court? If the if the legality is that you cannot own the, property, then trying to have a private contract, you know, quietly outside of the system, say that you are the actual owner, but this guy's name is on the uh, the property deed, you know, that may not hold up in court. I, I'm just saying, I don't know. I'm not an attorney. Yeah, uh, it's certainly not ironclad, Ian. Yeah. Um, uh, real quick, I just looked I would, up. Let's, let's up. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, ahead, Mark. 55-year lease here against property ownership in the United States. Um, so let's say you buy a half a million dollar property. Your taxes are $10,000 per year for 50 years. That's a half a million dollars. In a half a in mi- the U.S. Um, so in the U.S. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's completely possible to get $10,000. So then you're paying in 50 years, you're going to pay a million dollars for your half million dollar property. Mm-hmm. Here in Mariana Islands, you paid a half a million dollars for 55-year lease, and then you've got to redo it again in, in 55 years, presuming you're still alive. Yep. Uh, that's amazing. Like, uh, do you want to stick around paying for your another property segment, taxes Mark? All up front. It's kind of like paying your property taxes all up front and then getting a house for free. Did you want to stay or your call? I'm Mark? good. Thanks. Okay. Hey, thanks for the call. Thanks, Mark. thanks for calling, Mark. Uh, 855-450-FREE is the number if you He's want to He's learning call. stuff. You can talk about whatever you like at freetalklive.com. Have you heard of LibertyCon? LibertyCon is not only a convention with great speakers like Whole Foods CEO and co-founder John Mackey and Nobel Prize winner Vernon Smith, but it's also unique because you get a chance to network with more than 70 pro-liberty organizations. 
one-on-one for the purpose of career advancement, business, and internship opportunities. Visit LibertyCon.com and use code FTL for a $10 discount on your registration. Learn more at LibertyCon.com. This is Free Talk Live. I am hosting this evening, and my name is Captain Kickus, but with us tonight, I'm Ian. And Ridley. And you can call and talk about whatever you like. Uh, We are going to talk a little bit about uh, something very personal to Mr. Ridley, and that's uh, Band Ridleyos, Ridleyos Band. Well, censorship, I guess, is a is a personal crusade of mine, or uh, anti-censorship. Uh, I guess I think of the First Amendment as being the most important one, if any of those imperial amendments are of any value at all. I'm very anti-censorship, but... But uh, first, before we do that, I do want to tell you about the Next Generation Wallet coming from Divi. In a few taps, you'll be able to spend, earn, store, and exchange digital money in seconds. Divi says you'll be able to send money around the globe in only a swipe and instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and fiat currencies like the dollar in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. There's no need to wait, though, because Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with their multi-tiered masternodes, allowing anyone to earn by supporting the Divi network. When the new Divi wallet launches because of Divi's relationship with Western Union, Divi will be in 200 countries, including the United States. You can learn more at DiviProject.org. That's DiviProject.org. Uh, just to uh, sort of close the loop on uh, Mark's call, I did look up Fee Simple, and Fee Simple uh, means uh, it's probably the most common form of ownership when it comes to residential real estate uh, that buyers are familiar with. So when he's saying Fee Simple, he's just saying uh, in the most common and usual way, a lodial title style. Right, so if you have cash, but that's not common at all because you don't get a lodial title in the United States. A lodial title is the title, as I understand it. Now, I'm not an expert on this, but from what I think Jay Noon has has explained, uh, it is the king's title, basically. Like if you have oh, a lodial title, as opposed title, to right, right. So perhaps it's not a lodial title. We'll have to uh, we'll have to get some clarification on that. But what he was saying was that in the Marianas, there's no property taxes, so therefore. He feels like if you could own property, that you would actually own the property. And in the case of the, uh, uh, the con- losing the the name of it, the thing that he said you could own, the starts with a C. Condominium. Thank you. Uh, in the case of the condominium, you would actually have some ownership of that, as opposed to just being a glorified renter having to pay property taxes to the government. But in that case, of course, you're probably paying rent to the condominium association. Uh, would be my guess. Well, and uh, so that's closing the loop on that, and we're going to talk about uh, Ridley-O's being banned in a minute. But we have a caller who's been holding who uh, wants to give us an update about the Ed and Elaine Brown situation. These are the tax uh, freedom advocates who have been sadly in a prison cell for the last more than a decade now uh, for not paying federal income tax, and they may be being released soon. Well, we're going to find out. Uh, Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. Can you hear us? Yeah, hey, uh, you're doing a fantastic job, uh, Captain. Just keep keep doing it, and, uh, you know, you'll, you'll get there. Uh, thanks, you know, you're, you're doing fantastic. <laughs> thanks. Uh, you you want to give us an update about Edna Lane? Go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to ask Dave Ridley if he could give us an update on our friends Edna Lane Brown. 
I may not know that much more than you, Robert. Uh, I got an email from, uh, I guess what I'd call a brown uh, sympathizer uh, named Keith Champagne, who was involved in 2007. I don't know if he was actually ever on the property, but I think he came to New Hampshire uh, from from uh, you know another place in the Northeast, uh, kind of as an activist related to that situation, if I recall. I mean, I know the the, the part that I know is I did I did interview him in New Hampshire, and he wasn't from New Hampshire, and, it, and he was here hmm. partly because of the Browns, I think. You went to their house like uh, like we did, right? Back when they had their so called standoff between the federal government and Ed and Elaine. Correct. I was there, I think, twice for I think a total we were there of about too. 48 hours. I don't know if we went with you at one point. I don't recall. It's I remember so seeing long. you there. Yeah. yeah. And then they also had a party that they threw. Were you at the big party that they threw up there where they had bands and uh, there was probably a couple hundred people there? No, mostly what I did was I went to the area and then just demonstrated on street corners by myself. Right. I, you know, had a free, the, yeah, I can't remember what my sign said, but I was pretty pretty prominent with my Gadsden flag and stuff right. like that. So I didn't actually spend most of the time at their house. I was at a motel part of the time and then, then at street corners and most of the time. I figured I wouldn't count that much at the house, but I'd count on the street corners. Well, the news was, uh, and we reported on this recently a couple of times, that there a couple of the charges or some of the charges that they were convicted of. So they had like... There was like the tax, uh, not paying your income tax kind of charges or not filing or whatever those charges were. But then there was also like resisting with violence or some sort of weapons resistance charge. I don't again, I don't have it in front of me right now, but those charges ended up becoming uh, found unconstitutional by the Supreme Court. Those charges themselves were essentially nullified. And so because those charges are now gone Basically, they're unconstitutional to charge people with those things now. So retroactively, they're now going back and saying, well, all these people, so Ed and Elaine Brown and also a couple of their associates who were who are also on the property and arrested similarly, even though they weren't the tax freedom people, they were just they were sort of friends with Ed and Elaine and they were kind of on their team, basically. And so they arrested them. Uh, All of these people are having their. Uh, sort of a resentencing hearing coming up toward the very end of this month. And the belief is, is that, well, they've already been in jail for more than a decade at this point. Right. And the worst of the charges are now being thrown out. So all they really have left is the tax, uh, you know, tax pro- so-called tax protester charges. They may be released. There's a good chance that at the end of this month, when these hearings happen, the judge will say, well, Time served, um, you're out. Yeah, Let's so Keith so. Champagne's using the term, he says, highly likely, quote, uh, quote unquote, so. highly likely that they'll be uh, released. It may not be that they are released from the court. It may be that the judge says, you are to be released, and then the Bureau of Prisons has to, like, churn for a few months. So it may be, you know, several weeks, if not months, before they get released if the judge orders them out. Right. I wouldn't expect to be able to shake his hand on the way out of the court that particular day. But, but Robert, you know. Robert, did you have anything to add? Uh, no, I just think that those people should be let go. I mean, yeah. they didn't do anything wrong at all. They, they were, all they were doing was they were teaching the public about, you know, us getting shafted by our, by the government. They're just real good forward thinkers. And Let's hope that uh, that they get out, and hopefully they might be able to get on Free Talk Live. <laughs> Very nice. That'd be cool. Very yeah, nice. they need to be released. Uh, you know, and one thing to, to consider is we might not expect anyone to be ejected from the Concord Federal Building on January mm-hmm. 30th, but if they are, it's important that there's some kind of humanitarian infrastructure to, so they're not just a walking, place to stay. walking out into the four-degree weather right. 
Uh, I know that felt really good when I, I got I got arrested for handing out flyers <laughs> by the feds, you know, and I got released when I got released from that Concord Federal building. Uh-huh. It was really nice to have activists out there waving a flag and ready to drive me somewhere. Yeah, it feels good to get out of prison, but it feels better to get somewhere warm shortly thereafter if it's freezing cold outside, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I would expect that there's going to be some supporters there. I know, Dave, you were talking about possibly going up to, uh, to observe. I'd love to be there if yeah. I can. Uh, Robert, anything else? No, I'm all set. All right, brother. Thank you, guys. Thanks, thanks for the call. Thanks for the call. The bad news, though, that we saw recently, you know, this is great news that they could be being released, is that Elaine has decided apparently she wants to get a divorce from Ed. So, Well, and it sounded uh, like sad. with the statement that she made that it might be, you know, part of a strategy to get out. It could be. Um, you know, certainly it's not uncommon for people to throw their loved ones under the bus uh, when it comes to federal sentencing if they think that it's going to save their own skin. And that may be a factor in her decision. But either way, I mean, there was, you know, nobody was harmed. There was no violence. No, you know, there wasn't. That kind of thing. I mean, the, like, there were federal agents who were willing to shoot people right. uh, that were there. So, I mean, there was yeah, definitely I mean, a threat There was a little bit of harm inflicted, actually. Uh, Lauren Canario was arrested, a free stater. That's right. Uh, she wasn't held for very long. Uh, and um, They didn't charge her with anything. They just wanted her out of their no, hair, right? I think she didn't want to leave the jail cell and they had to force <laughs> her out or something. But then there was also an incident where, uh, in fairness, one of the Brown activists did cause an injury. Uh, I guess uh, a traffic accident. Right, but with uh, yeah. regards to Ed and Elaine themselves, they caused no harm to anybody. Well, I don't think you can call a traffic accident violence, though. Right. That's just an accident. Maybe, yeah, that's probably that's probably appropriate. Well, I, I'm glad to hear that there's you know some progress there and some hope because uh, it sucks when that happens to otherwise good people. At least they were resisting. Uh, 855-450 free, like freedom is the number if you want to call. Uh, This is Free Talk Live. Call in and take control. This is Free Talk Live. Call in and talk about whatever you like. Our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. In the studio tonight, it's me, Captain Kickass. It's Ian. And Ridley. And uh, we are going to talk a little bit about uh, Ridleyos being banned. Now, I had to ask the question, Dave, what is a Ridleyo? Can you explain that to to our listeners? I guess a Ridleyo is a video produced by Ridley. A a Ridleyo. (laughs) So it's not a breakfast cereal like I thought. (laughs) It's not like Cheerios that, you know, look like Dave's face or anything. Although that would be would cool. be pretty crazy, you know. I used to sort of define it as a video that's edited in edited in the camera because when I started doing the Ridley Report in '07, I would go to you know things that could easily be edited in the camera. I'd go to a, a, like Ron Paul demonstrations, you know, and those are easy to you know snap a picture here, snap four seconds there, seven seconds there. Uh, and uh, meaning over- you didn't go back to an editing bay afterwards and spend any time moving clips around or anything like that. Just, just- a little bit. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, but uh, then technology changed, and that got more difficult to do. Not not you know how technology sometimes makes things worse, not better. Uh, and uh, so uh, over the time, I think I guess a Ridley has 
come to be redefined as ambush interviews of politicians and bureaucrats, which nice. is probably a more useful way to use the camera anyway. Well, I got to say, I'm excited to have you get back into that. You've been doing a little more street theater recently. Uh, you've, you've, you've donned a hat. You've donned a costume. Uh, you've been Winston Churchill in a lot of your recent episodes. Winston my, uh, Churchill, it tell us my, more. Uh, it was my pleasure to make the attempt, but it was a grand flop. Yeah. <laughs> it was of no value to the viewer, and apparently. But I have done a great number of uh, ambush interviews, and uh, as myself, Ridley. <laughs> nice. So, so I, yeah, I, the, no one liked Churchill, so I, you know, I just did yeah. that for a little while. No one liked it, so I, you know, I went, went back as soon as I could to ambush interviews. It was too, it was too wordy. You know, in my opinion, and and I say that as your one of your longest running sponsors, who continues to be uh, one of your longest running sponsors. It was, it was a lot of reading and and words, and not as much of the the ambushing and the, the giving the politicians a real hard time. Right. Which so, is, uh, and fun. part of that was just you know I don't own a vehicle. I do not own a vehicle, so I was looking for something I could do. Why is there something I can do from where I am? Uh, with you know, uh, so it was an experiment, but it was a failure, and that's the way experiments you gotta try new things. are. Most of them do fail, and I did not. You know, people have thought, oh, he's abandoned ambush interviews, but I really, I was doing all of the ambush interviews I could, yeah, uh, and I continued to do that. So you've made these ambush videos, and we're calling them Ridleyos. And so now, somehow, some of them are getting banned. Is that right? So when I was visiting Colorado Springs, there, um, some of the government meetings occur at libraries. So I tend to go to the libraries a lot, mm-hmm. to, and I saw uh, they have a library schedule, and uh, one of the meetings that I saw was called Young Marines. Didn't say anything else, just Young Marines. So I thought, well, I guess I should go bother some Marines. Time to, time to crash a party, <laughs> right? right? You know, ask them if they've committed any war crimes or something like <laughs> that. And so I, uh, I went and discovered, oh, it's, it's, um, it's more like the Young Pioneers. Remember the Soviet-era version of the voice the soviet ver- version of the boy scouts uh, uh so like hitler more, youth it's more like something a little more a little more benign than that mm-hmm. but uh not as much more benign as i would like like uh, the cub scouts so or they're something? like kind of like rotc or a little like rotc okay uh, so it's sort of a it's somewhat of a preparatory <laughs> or organization uh and, and oh i'm sorry and, and people who um uh, people who go through uh, young marines, I guess they get into the military with a higher rank or something along those lines. So there's it, there's a connection to the federal government. It was started by federals and marines and so forth. However, they claim not to be funded by the federal government. Hmm. Does that make sense? So uh, anyway, it wasn't technically a government meeting, okay. but I still asked some questions of people going in. And of course, some you know, a lady lost it, couldn't believe I was asking questions and. Uh, came up and you know confronted me okay so she, uh the part that she's in is the part that is named in a youtube complaint a pri- what they call a privacy complaint she tried to have the oh, video really? taken down because she had walked up to me and asked demanded to know why i was filming and then tried to get me to stop filming and then call and someone called the cops and she said she was going to report me and then someone then the cops showed up so yeah. I, so it, she found been. your video online and well that would be the simplest explanation i can't say for sure exactly who did what they don't tell you who filed the complaint on you but this uh, was in a library right this is in a public government library yeah. however uh a person walked by who i thought might be a marine right at the beginning before i knew what was going on and uh, i asked him a question he may have been a minor he looked to me like he could have been anywhere between 16 and 20 uh, so I blurred him out uh, in the video, but they sh- but she complained. Well, I don't know who complained, but whoever complained actually complained about the part that the adult is in, 
mm. who is trying to stop the videotaping. And uh, so anyway, for the first time since 2014, YouTube sided with a privacy complainant against me wow. and deleted the video. Oh, man. Yeah. That's shocking. So it's, uh, if you, but if you, just, if you just search paramilitary mom versus camera, you can find it on BitChute and Metacafe and... I put it on Facebook and so some of the huh. other, you know, media places are carrying it's just no longer available on YouTube. Correct. Okay. So the complaint comes down, you said, Hey, is there a way to appeal it to where you, you say, Oh no, 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 this this is legal, what I did, you know, this is a public place, this woman was in public, she should be able to be shown on video. Yeah. Now, it's possible that they took it down because, again, I asked a question of a person who may have been a minor. Mm-hmm. She, Someone claimed that I was asking questions of minors. Uh, so maybe this person was a minor. There was one one person. And what does so, that matter? I mean, you're not allowed to talk yeah, to somebody you are if they're under 18. To, but I have a, a rule of my own mm-hmm. uh, that I tend to try and just for just to be a good sport, not to not to confront people who are too young to answer the question. Sure. Right? Um, this person, you know, again probably was old enough to answer the question but mm-hmm. as a courtesy i will go ahead and blur out uh minors if i think or if people who i think may be minors in gotcha. many cases yeah so it was blurred out but nonetheless the video was taken down uh that's correct hmm. that that is uh an interesting story i'm sorry to hear that uh, you know your work is you know being uh taken down like well that. that's what happens i mean it's the centralized platforms where there's no real rhyme or reason sometimes to why things happen, and in many cases there's not much of a process to try to appeal it or get any kind of human being to actually interact with you and give you any kind of explanation as to what the real reason was or what was any kind of thought process. Well, it's it. interesting. To, I mean, as much as we the banning part is really important, and I'm glad we're talking about that, but we've that's been the subject for the entirety of the like the whole series is about what i'm allowed to film mm-hmm. that's what the whole playlist is about you know and the cops that show up and everything and, and and that's all interesting but it's all none of us have ever talked about the the actual concerns that might exist about the young marines themselves that we haven't even gotten to that yet uh and i think i think it's useful to and if i'd known more uh i probably would have asked more about um you know so is it a good idea to be using children as so, so uh, what they do, I guess they they provide sort of PR support for the military and they will show up at military events and wave flags and stuff like that. And uh, I don't I don't know exactly how organized they are. Is it good to be using uh, minors for something like that? If we're so concerned about them being maybe asked a question, maybe I don't know, we should also be concerned about them working for an institution uh, that tortures people and doing yeah. it for free. Yeah, I'm curious if there's uh, similar organizations for you know each of the armed forces. Is there like a a little navy and a little army, you know, kind of thing? Junior, you know, what was the name of this organization? Uh, young Marines. Young, is there a young navy and a young army, you know, organization that's similar to that? Yeah. And and how prevalent is this? Yeah, it's not that prevalent. Most people have never heard it. And like I said, I just thought it was the Marines, right? And just 20-year-olds who are in the Marines is what I was expecting to see. And the um, other thing to think about is that um, the uh, – it slips my mind. Go ahead. Um, no, I, I'm just uh, amazed at what a downturn YouTube has taken since it's purchased oh, yeah. by by Google. I mean, yeah. one of probably the greatest and most open platforms for communication, giving everybody with a camera a voice, you know, and, and how it has sort of become now, you know, just sort of big brother, right? Yeah. 
and I realize that they're a private entity, right? They're a private company, they're a private business, they can do whatever they want with their platform. I understand that. I just think it sucks. And uh, I would really like to see a day where somebody else invents a platform that uh, isn't centralized like that, but gives all of the freedom that YouTube used to have. Well, and the most importantly, the viewers, because BitChute has a lot of freedom, but not a lot of hits. Right. Uh, Metacafe has pretty decent hits, but there's prior restraint. So, uh, you know, I've really been through the list to try, you know, all the alternatives to YouTube. I'm on Library. I'm on Metacafe. You're on you know, Steam.it or whatever that is. Steam it is, uh, you mean the D- DTube? Yeah. Whatever that is. YouTube would be the, the YouTube for Steam. Right, okay. Steam. I never had good experiences with it. I tried DTube, and it didn't work out very well. I don't, me. yeah, I think I'm along the same line. I like library, personally. LBRY.com. It's a decentralized yeah. blockchain-based system that actually will ingest your YouTube channel automatically, so you don't even have to do anything. And then if they if the YouTube delete you, it's still on library. Uh, more with Dave and your calls coming up. Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com Free Talk Live. He took the words right out of my mouth. It is Free Talk Live. And uh, you can join us here in the studio. Uh, our toll free number is 855 450 3733. And tonight it's me, the captain, and it's Ian. And Ridley. And uh, let's, uh, we, we teased a little bit that we were going to take your calls. Uh, we've had a gentleman waiting patiently named Jake. It looks like he's in Ohio, perhaps. Uh, Jake, are you with us here on Free Talk Live? Hello, guys. Hey, Jake. How are you doing? What do you want to talk about? Um, I, uh, I was at the Virginia NRA protest. You were? about that. Yeah, it was it was really cold. And, <laughs> I heard about um, that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I think it turned out pretty good, and you know I, I just don't like how the governor is taking away people's rights. You know, I'm I'm a strong advocate for the Second Amendment, and uh, my group that I'm currently a member supports the Second Amendment as well too. Well, that's awesome. Now, did you uh, go armed or unarmed? Uh, I went unarmed because I, I just didn't want to risk the international. Uh, I, I'm kind of unfamiliar of transporting your firearm across state lines because I, you know, it's just it's a, it's like a loophole. I just don't know yet. Okay, our uh, our screener here says that are you calling from Ohio? Is that right? Well, I am from there, but yeah. Okay, so did you travel from Ohio down to Virginia just to go to this, or? Yeah. Nice. There's. My group, the NSM88.org, also supports that group, that uh, event too, for the Second Amendment. And what is that? The NSM88.org supports the Second Amendment. And what is that group? It's it's a national socialist organization. Uh, so it's Nazis, is what you're saying? Mm, no, I wouldn't really call it Nazis. I would say no? it's more of the right wing, like patriot 
That's kind of what the Nazis called themselves before everyone else started calling them Nazis. National Socialists. So what is it that your National Socialist goals are? Well, you know, anti-communism, support of the Constitution for all peoples, and racial segregation. Racial segregation. Just got to kind of, at the end there, kind of, Added as a footnote, racial segregation. Yeah, so you're, uh, I mean, would you describe yourself as a white supremacist? No, a uh, white supremacist would identify as, like, they feel superior of everyone that's not of their race. Mm-hmm. I would say more of a white separatist that prefers this to think of their own. There is a difference between the two. It's a very important difference. <laughs> no, I th- I'm not being serious. I'm not being sarcastic. There actually is. I mean, if all you want to do is separate yourself, then, you know, you're not hurting anybody. Well, if no, you're a I mean, supremacist, yeah, yeah. then you're hurting somebody. Well, probably. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it, just because you're a supremacist doesn't mean you're hurting somebody. It just means you have, you know, kind of despicable views. Um, but usually the reason why people want to be separated is likely because they are afraid of, uh, of other people or usually because they believe they're superior. So you don't believe you're superior to other races of people. You just want to be away from them. Why is that? Well, I mean, it's it's natural instinct for people's races to be with their own. Is it, though? And, because we see plenty of, uh, yeah. of race mixing out there, and that seems pretty natural, too. So how do you know what's natural? Well, I don't know if that's really natural, because it's been pushed in schools for people to think that you think way. It's, you think it's schools that make somebody attracted to another human being? No, I just think that the hip-hop culture has been promoted so much that... You know, it's they hip-hop think it's culture. Cool. So yeah. it's because of rap music is why um, yeah. a white woman might be attracted to a black man or a black woman might be attracted to a white man or an Asian person might be attracted to a black person? Well... I don't know how you, you so just change the subject or we're talking well, no, about, you were the one who mean, called in to promote your uh, separatist movement. Well, well yeah. But so I'm going to ask you questions about it. Look, I, I got to say, I appreciate you not dropping the, uh, you know, the F-bomb on the air so we can actually yeah, ask you well, questions. We and Mark had talks before, so I, I'm, I know better not to cuss on your guys' show. Okay, well that's that's good uh, because you know I've got questions I want to know. So in one on one hand you said you thought it was natural, but then in the next moment you said it was hip hop culture that did this. It's natural for your own race. Let's say let's pretend that we're we're black. We're more inclined to prefer to stick to a black woman. So I'm assuming you're white. I'm white. My my first preference of dating would be a white woman, mm-hmm. and I would never be with anyone that's not white. It's okay, so what about Asians? You uh, you would completely that's say no to Asians? That's a whole different race. Mm-hmm. So they, I mean, they kind of look white, though. So it doesn't have to do with the color of their skin. It has more to do with, what, you don't like the slanty eyes, or what is it about Asians that you're against? not of the white race i just don't want to date them what does it mean to be of the white race does somebody have to be 100 percent european it's a, it's it is a european descent it's like hazel eyes green eyes like sky blue eyes blonde hair light brown hair i mean there is so, italians with black hair but that doesn't mean that you're not white so are you able to tell somebody is white simply by looking at them or do you need to have a dna test done well i mean I I I just dis, I disbelieve of the DNA test because if 
we had one guy that had multiple from different companies and a lot of them of every single DNA test that was done, they weren't the same. Everything was random. So I, I don't really consider it as a reliable source of to check where your, your heritage comes from. Random. But, huh? Okay. Well, that uh, yeah, wasn't my experience with, uh, with DNA tests. Go I, wanted, ahead, Captain. I wanted to ask, uh, Jake, uh, so I've found myself, uh, attracted to uh, many different uh, races as far as the opposite sex is concerned. Um, I really find yeah. myself attracted to, uh, you know, somebody with a, a tanner skin and, uh, the jet black hair just really does it for me. Uh, also, uh, I've dated a, a couple of Asian girls, uh, but in addition, I've also dated, uh, some, some white women. So, how how does you know the natural uh you know as you say you know fo- white folks are attracted or want to be with that how do you explain my attraction to these other races of women well like i said too is it's mainly that it's you're more inclined to to prefer to date your own your own race but if you grew up not thinking that it's it's all right, then most likely you're probably going to date outside your race. And a lot of people that grew up that way, they, they don't think that. Okay, well, I grew up in an incredibly racist household, uh, probably oh. probably one where uh, any other race except the white race uh, was frowned upon. Uh, now, oh. while I was growing up, uh, you know, none of that occurred, right? I, you know, as in high school, I wasn't, you know, dating, uh, you know, uh, any other race. There was no other race in the small town that I grew up in. You were in Wisconsin, correct? Uh, small town. So, yeah. so that that wasn't available. But I went and I spread my wings in the world, and I traveled a little bit, and I, you know, got to see other cultures and expose myself to other places. And so, you know, again, if if what you're saying is true, how do you explain my experience? Well, I mean, I I also, you know, explored and talked to many other different races. That that that's perfectly fine. It's just when I say I prefer to stick with my own race as a marriage-wise or family-wise, then that's perfectly fine. It's your choice. I mean, yeah, it's it's your body, it's yeah. your life, it's your choice. What is this going to mean for you though? I mean, you know, obviously not everybody's going to be interested in national socialism, which is what your part your movement is. You've already uh, brought that I'm up earlier. What's that? NSM88.org. Yep. yep, you've plugged that a few times now. Um, so, right. you you know, that's not going to be too attractive to a lot of people. So what is your plan exactly? How are you going to bring about uh, the society that you want? Are you going to get some, you know, white people together? Are you going to move to a, a particular plot of land together and put up big fences to keep, you know, brown people out? What are you going to do? Well, that's that's a question our commander would answer <laughs> <laughs> a more professional way. You have a commander, of course. Yeah, um, he's, we have, we have straight a out of uh, Handmaiden's Tale. That, that commands the whole party. Yeah. Well, I Even think it's been an interesting party, call. Yeah, it actually has. It's it been has. an interesting. I got I got to hand it to you. I've, you've answered our, our questions. Uh, unlike most of your compatriots who are just jokers and ridiculous. Uh, I don't know who they are. They're yeah. probably not affiliated well, with one and Okay. Well, thanks for the call, Jake. Uh, yeah. Keep us updated on your. Uh, white culture movement thing or whatever it is you're planning to do 855 450 free hey hey we're the monkeys no i'm just kidding well sort of well all right human beings are barely just not (laughs) apes this is true 
I am Captain Kickass, and this is Free Talk Live. With you tonight, it's me, Andy, and, and Ridley. And uh, you can call in and talk about whatever you would like to talk about. Uh, you know, I have- want to say those Nazis need to get a better web designer. My God, this is a god-awful, just terrible 1997-style website. It's got It's even got the flashing, like... Uh, logos, not logos, but like the the gifs, the animated gifs. Oh, they've the got little, like yeah, the arrows or whatever. Awful, yeah, the arrows that are like bouncing. It says new, new. It just looks terrible. One thing terrible. though to keep in mind whenever you're talking to these kinds of people is when was the last time you were ever hurt by someone like that? Right? Uh, you were hurt yesterday by the government. They taxed you. But when was the last time you were hurt by a national socialist? It's never happened to me. It would. Well, it, I mean, when's the last time if, you saw one I in were, real life? If I were black, maybe it would have happened to me. Uh, and it's a different experience for black people. But still. But when's the last time you saw one in real life? I mean, these people are so inconsequential; yeah, they barely even exist. That's part of the reason why they do. I mean, so they can't harm. even find a webmaster worth half a. Yeah. Half I did a get dime. into a fight with some skinheads in a mall once. Really, like 1989. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Were you uh, the same? Did you have no hair? No, back I had then? hair at the okay. time. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was why. Oh, you're not allowed to. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, I didn't shave my head until, of course, the hair started leaving me. So I was just like, "Well, I'm just going to finish it off, right?" Uh, no, it so, takes no yeah. courage. Nick takes no courage to be against national socialists. What counts is the courage that you show against the big powers, the ones that you're not allowed to criticize. It is interesting, uh, you know, talking about the way a person looks. Uh, sort of the prejudgments that people make on you when you do shave your head, uh, regardless mm-hmm. of you know your race or whatever. But particularly as as a, a white guy, you know, uh, and then you know growing the giant goatee, right? Uh, we've had callers, you know, go, oh Harley guy, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I don't own a Harley. I've ridden a motorcycle a few times in my life, but you know I don't own one, and I'm probably way not, to die. not going to own another one. You know, I don't see it in my future. Um, I would entertain maybe a trike. Something like that, you know. I think I'd look badass <laughs> on a on a trike, right? But uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, we do have some callers on hold. Uh, looks like uh, we've got uh, Justin in Salt Lake, Utah, watching us on YouTube. Justin, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, you know uh, that today is uh, Martin Luther Coon uh, Jr. Day, and on this day, that's very rude. Didn't this guy call in earlier? Racing. Sounds like the it's same guy that called earlier. Get rid of him. Okay, bye-bye. get rid of him. And Justin is gone. Yeah, the the board op hit the dump button for some reason. I don't know if he said something that... Uh, uh, he was certainly spouting racist yeah. things, so uh, we will... Uh, Rude. Yeah, I. you know, I mean, if it you is don't have anything, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, it is Free Talk Live, but if all you've got is to call in and call somebody a name, an insulting name, you don't have anything to talk about. You don't have anything in an intelligent to say. So we're interested in having a conversation here. The idea isn't to just let somebody call in and shout racial epithets. That's not conversation. That's not interesting. You can't have a conversation with somebody like that. Yeah, I uh, I, I have a pretty low tolerance of it. I, I didn't hear that guy say okay, anything so, like radio offensive. Yeah. But you know. I guess that must be why we're getting so many calls. It's because it's uh, Dr. King's. Uh, oh, I don't know about that. Or? They've been th- these people have been calling uh, on and off, mostly on over the last several weeks on Free Talk Live. It's just they don't have anything else to do, uh, and Free hmm. Talk Live is open phones, so we will let anybody call in who can, you know, dial a phone number. Well, that being said, uh, we have another caller, Patrick. Uh, who is listening on D Live? Apparently, uh, Patrick, you're on Free Talk Live. 
Yeah. Hey, boys. How are you? Hi, Patrick. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Indeed. What it can only get better from that last one, so uh, go ahead. Yeah, I know. I know. I feel bad for that that, that fellow that identified as a white nationalist. I, man, that's, that's a bad look, fella. Oh, no, um, he said he was, was a separatist, right? Or did he say nationalist? Well, yeah. I mean, national yeah, socialist. I probably agree with him a lot, but I, 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 I disagree with the way that he presented himself. It's stupid and wrong. Anyway, I don't want to talk about any of that. I just want to talk about um, uh, tech censorship. Have, have you guys uh, looked into that? Tech censorship? You mean like what happened with Dave Ridley where his uh, video was taken down off YouTube? Yeah, I mean, like, like what, what's going on with Twitter? I mean, I don't know. Hey, all I'm saying is that, that it seems to me that, that, that there's, there's a bias that, that, that's happening because uh, the, tech, the, tech, the big tech companies are running in, in these, uh, I mean, I mean but what, what are we going to call? Uh, I mean, you, you guys tell me what you guys think about uh, San Francisco. San Francisco. What do you think San Francisco has to do with this? High taxes. The taxes are too high. Well, wait. Is it just because a lot of the tech companies are based in San Francisco? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. I mean, San Francisco is an expensive place to live. It's California. Um, there, the rent there is ridiculous. The government regulations and oppression is also pretty excessive in that particular place. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with the people, you know, the companies and the behavior of those companies there. I'm not sure if there's a connection. Yeah, I think, uh, and, you know, you tell me if this plays to your point, Patrick, but I think that, uh, you know, in modern times, uh, these technology companies, particularly the media companies, have replaced publishers. So it used to be that, uh, you know, if you were a publisher, uh, at least according to the law, uh, you would have, you know, some sort of secure rights and, you know, uh, to get your thing published when, you know, somebody else, uh, you know, uh, wouldn't otherwise publish it. But with these tech companies and media, they are private entities. They're not publicly owned in any way, shape or form. There's very few yeah. laws. Yeah, 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 yeah. But a publisher, but a publisher, yeah, but a publisher, these tech companies enjoy a, 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 um, a, a, a legal, a, a legal situation where they are not, they're not, um, um, uh, responsible for the postings on their websites, and mm-hmm. I think that's okay. Yeah, me too. I think that's fine. Uh, but 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 I I don't think they should, if if they if they enjoy that that protection, I do not think they should be allowed to to um, to censor. Why? No. Um, I, I disagree. As someone who was just censored, I think Google had the right to censor me. I just think it was a bad decision, and I don't, they don't think they should be making that decision yeah, so yeah, often yeah, with so many people. I, 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 as essentially, they they function as a, as a public. Uh, they they they're not they're not a. They're, it's not like it's the public street, right? Where we mm-hmm. have where we all pay for. <laughs> I, I don't know, I, but I that's know what some people want, right? So yeah, so there's some I, I people. Know, who, I know it's so it's so hard to describe. Well, but, but that's hey, what some people hey. want. They want to see these platforms like YouTube or Facebook or whatever become some kind of government-regulated free speech platform because it's basically people who are understandably upset that they've been wiped off of the platform. They're like, well, I want to have my say and I should be able to have it. Well, go start your own platform. Uh, It's not that hard to go out and, you know... Hold on. 
Hold on. Can I stop? Can I stop you there? It, well, before you do do that, it's not that hard to go out and you know spin up a WordPress blog and be able to put whatever content you want there. If you want, we can I, I, we can hang on to Patrick because it's an interesting uh, discussion. I, so I, hang I on, Patrick. I don't we'll, mean to be rude. No, no, no. no okay. Just just put him on hold. We'll, we'll come back here. Hold on, line, Patrick. Uh, in moments. Eight fifty five, four fifty free. Call in and talk about whatever you want. Free talk live. Do you want more businesses accepting Bitcoin Cash and Dash? Now with AnyPay, you earn passive income for every purchase at those businesses. Finally, a financial incentive to spread Bitcoin Cash and Dash. You made it happen, so you get the rewards. Download the AnyPay Cash Register app and add your cryptocurrency wallet addresses. Then install it at a real-life business and tell us what you did at AnyPayInc.com. AnyPayInc.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can call in and take control of the airwaves. 855-450-FREE, like freedom. 855-450-3733. And uh, was there something you wanted to tell us about, Ian? Uh, Yes, yes indeed. Liberty Con is coming up April 3rd through the 5th, and that is going to be a unique convention happening in D.C., with more than 70 pro-liberty organizations present, you want to advance your career, your business, or internship opportunities, this is going to be a great place to do that networking that will uh, will help you get to the next level. Uh, John Mackey is going to be speaking there. You may know him as the Whole Foods CEO and co-founder. He'll be speaking on conscious capitalism. Plus, you'll hear from Vernon Smith, the Nobel Prize winner in economics, Miriam Issa, a pop culture expert with over 300 million YouTube views, Nassim Nicholas Taleb, who is the author of The Black Swan, and others. Go to libertycon.com to learn more about the event and get registered using code FTL to save $10 on your registration, which is already shockingly affordable. It's under 100 bucks to attend this three-day-long convention. It's April 3rd through the 5th. You knock $10 more off by using code FTL. Student travel scholarships are available, so if you're a young person, you're a student, you want to come to this thing, they'll help you get there. I love that. Uh, which is awesome. Discounted rooms also available at the Marriott Marquis. LibertyCon.com. Go get registered now, and we'll see you there, because Free Talk Live will be broadcasting from the event uh, as we continue. And uh, we were talking to a caller, uh, Patrick, who is listening on DLive, and uh, we wanted to bring him back, uh, you know, and finish our conversation. Patrick. Yeah, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. How's it going, boy? We were talking about publishing freedom, and you were frustrated, Patrick, and a lot of people are frustrated. We were talking with Dave Ridley here in our studio earlier about how he's had his videos taken down. I've had a couple of videos targeted on the Free Keen YouTube channel by YouTube for various reasons over the years. Yeah. And it yeah, is frustrating. I, but just because they are a platform uh, doesn't mean that they have any obligation to provide you with services. Yeah, uh, sure. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, okay. Where is that going to lead us to? Like what? Hopefully, what, competition. Yeah, playing out in the into the future, boys. I think, Dave, you just touched on it. Competition, meaning that if people are frustrated enough with with YouTube, and I think a lot more people today are frustrated with them than than have been you previously. Be, you you Dumb. guys should be more frustrated with YouTube than anybody. 
Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> I'll do that. I can do that. I can be more frustrated with YouTube, but I'm working on it. I'm, I'm doing everything I can. Well, and you're also yeah. doing a lot to uh, you know find alternatives, Dave. You mentioned earlier that the Ridley Report, that's your channel, is on Metacafe, right? Mm-hmm. It's on, uh, where else are you? Library. BitChute? Yeah, BitChute and uh, Facebook. And are you library. on Library? You're yeah. on Library. Uh, so not, there's another one I've forgotten. Not the, that's not where the populace is. That's, it's, not it's, yet. It's, it's, not yet. Not yet, but again, you know, when, not, Medica, not no, Medicafe is different. Medicafe does have a lot of hits. Uh, there's a lot of people watching Medicafe. Videos right, take I, a long I, time to generate hits on Medicafe, Medicafe but it's a long, slow I, I, burn. I, I, hey, I, I know this isn't a popular opinion with you guys, but I just have to say it. it the, the public square has changed, and the public square is now in private hands. Uh, it, maybe, Good. maybe it always has been. Maybe it always has been. But but allowing allowing these allowing these platforms to to censor what is being said on them is not a good thing. It, it, you it, don't have any other choice. The only other choice would be to no, no, to no, have the government you know, force these. You, you you make my point for me. We have no other choice. Mm. No so, no. So what you, I'm saying watch, is you don't have any other I mean, choice than to have private radio. Pl- let me let me answer what you said here. You All don't right, have any other I choice besides private options on the internet. It's always been that way online. Somebody owns the server that you're on, and that somebody mm-hmm. gets true. to set the rules for you. So YouTube has become so popular that they are inordinately large, and they have a large influence. And whatever decision they make has, you know, it, there's waves that you know that go out from that decision that affect yeah, people's so, lives. So. But that doesn't mean that it's necessarily worse than the public square. You bring so, up the so, well. You bring I'm, up the public square, and look, as libertarians, we I think all want to get rid of public property. We don't want to have the government controlling anything, and that does mean that private places get to set certain rules. When you're at the movie theater, you're not allowed to yell but, in the movie theater. But, you know, but, that's but, a but, private I, rule. Here's a I have a, an idea I, I for a solution. You. Okay. Oh, excuse me. Well, thank you. Um, so, uh, Andreas Antonopoulos from the Bitcoin community is always saying, if you're going to have an organization, you should have one. If it's if it's information related, or crypt or uh, currency related, have it let all information through or all currency through. Have it be like the phone company that yes. lets all calls through. And a phone company doesn't stop people from making calls because they might be a racist or something like that. And, and that's what we need. That's yeah. what we need on the internet. We need an internet service that's like YouTube that lets everything through, every yes. single Go thing, to, like a like a yeah. like a phone company. Are we just talking about video, or are we just talking generally here? Uh, well, video would be probably the most important, but uh, the others, other venues, would be important because too. we have it that's right. It. Like you use library lbry dot com that allows absolutely anybody, everything through. Anything can go up may, on library. May I, may I say something? Yes, sir. Hey, I, I I totally agree. I, I I understand that there needs that that, that there's that there needs to be like we can't have YouTube where there's it's 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 porn and and gore and all this. But political but political speech should be free. Then well, no, punish, a the, way, the way to punish the porn and gore people if they're doing something wrong, you know, like child porn people, is to get them, not to not to go after the video, but to get the person that's doing it and do it without taxpayer expense. I just I just believe that that that, that YouTube should be allowed. To, uh, 
I don't know. Forced I, I or allowed? It not, I, I don't own it. I, I get it. I, I totally do. But right, because if you want the, – the only solution to – Yeah, the only solution to YouTube to not doing what you want it – Sorry, the only solution that you could have uh, besides competition would be to force YouTube to do something against their will through government mandate. Is that what you're but, advocating? But, you, but YouTube, but YouTube ha, it, it has, has – and I know, I know you guys don't like this, but they have a monopoly. No, they do not. Yes, they do. No, no they, they might be. Just, well, it's they might a, be the, I think it would be considered a monopoly under U.S. law for no, what that's worth. They Why? might be the biggest fish in the ocean, but yeah. they're not the only There's video only provider. Fish in the ocean. No, that's not only true. Not anymore. Thank you for the call, man. I, I appreciate it. But that, that, that's, that's just not true. I mean, Dave just gave us five other alternatives that you can use. Just because they don't have the same market share doesn't right. mean they're not. Um, you know that it, just because YouTube has the largest market share doesn't mean they're a monopoly. It's just you got to understand what a monopoly is. A monopoly is the only choice, meaning there is nowhere else that you can put a video on the internet, and that is not true. Yeah. Not only can you I put like, it on, I like Canada Dry Ginger Ale. Yeah. Right. Not not only can you put your video on these other video sharing platforms like Dave is talking about, whether they be centralized or decentralized, which are they both exist, but you can also host your own video on your own server. That's a fact. Uh, our co-host on Friday nights, uh, Chris Wade, he's the guy behind Freedom Decrypted, which is the uh, the, the liberty oriented uh, tech show that's yep. that's on weekends. Um, he runs ThinkPenguin.com. He is into tech independence that's what he does and so when he's broadcasting his show on it's a video feed 1080p high resolution you know good video uh quality that's all coming from his server he's not using twitch he's not using uh d live or any of these other youtube streaming platforms he's exclusively doing his own sort of roll your own uh streaming option so that's out there too Right. But back to your point about the monopoly, like just because, you know, there's somebody out there that's the big fish doesn't mean that they're a monopoly. That's right. And, you know, for all the caterwauling about YouTube, if you're not willing to compete, then you can either keep complaining or advocate for the government to force YouTube to do something. I'm hoping that's not what he wanted to hear happen. He wasn't really clear about that, because if you then have the government come in there and say, well, everyone has to be allowed here with the exception of the things the government doesn't want, of course, because there will be certain exceptions to that. Uh, then you're entering into a real scary territory where the government then is regulating internet content in a way that it never has before. Well, and then you do have a monopoly because the government owns it and treats it as a public entity, and That's then you right. have what 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 occurred with Ma Bell back before the breakups. Yeah, very scary. Uh, what do you think about uh, tech? Uh, what what was the phrase he used? Uh, Frank, censorship, know. tech yeah. censorship. Give us a call. Let us know your thoughts. More calls coming up. Free Talk Live, eight fifty five four fifty free. Oh yeah, it's Free Talk Live, the show that lets you take control of the airwaves. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom, that's 855-450-3733. In the studio tonight, it's myself, Captain Kickass. And I'm Ian. And Ridley. And we are here to talk about many things. And we're going to in a moment. But first, I want you to know about Edge Wallet because it is a great cryptocurrency wallet. Uh, I used mine tonight, actually, to pay for my breakfast uh, at the local watering hole down here in Keene that accepts 
cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash and several others. Uh, through the Edge Wallet, you can spend a bunch of different cryptos or save them or trade them uh, or just hang on to them. It is up to you how you use it, but it's your money. You're in charge of your crypto. Edge Wallet does not have access to your cryptocurrency. They're a veteran team. They've been building wallets for cryptocurrency since 2014. You can secure your freedom with the Edge Wallet, and you can download it for iOS or Android devices through your Google or Apple App Store, or go to edge.app, which is their website, where you can learn more about the Edge Wallet and the technology behind it. That's E-D-G-E, edge.app for Edge Wallet. It's, it's a pretty good wallet. I also wanted to let folks know, I don't know if I've mentioned it tonight, but you can sound like you're sitting in the studio with us. Uh, by using the Discord line at discord.lrn.fm. And we just so happen to have a caller, uh, Gene the Christian Anarchist, is with us calling in on the AMP-only line. Gene? Actually, I am in the studio. I'm here sitting right next to Ian. Oh, my Hi, gosh. Ian. <laughs> well, that's weird. How'd you get here? Oh, just uh, use one of them uh, transporter beams like Star Trek. Very nice. Hey, Very nice. Uh, I want to talk about um, fake news tonight. And one of the things that I've, I, I, there's so many examples of fake news, you just kind of, you know, lose track because pretty much everything that you see in the news, I would say 90% of it is a lie. 10% is probably true. So that the problem is sorting it out, figuring out which 10% is the truth. But there's a big push going around in the last couple of years about personal drones you know they don't want you to have a personal drone and everybody's scared of of these drones and now they've had this fake news going around about these drones flying all over colorado and running grids and at nighttime and doing all kinds of stuff Hmm. i guarantee you it's fake news just like the one at the uh airport uh which airport was that i think it was uh london wasn't it or was it uh uh, Washington D.C. I have not heard somebody, about the, the, these fake news stories I, that you're talking. I about. think I know. I think I have actually. I, I saw some news blips, uh, perhaps something on a television broadcast where uh, I think it was Colorado, but uh, there there was you know this group of drones that were spotted at random times over the same area, uh, and then they would just fly off and disappear. Nobody knew who they belonged to, and the the point, the big push of this story was that uh, they were going to push for some sort of you know federal regulation to they want everybody to be able to identify your drones at some point well the federal fashion. regulations uh, federal regulations have been already introduced they've been in the, they've been in the works for a couple of years now and they want everybody's drone to basically have some kind of a active connection that identifies who they are and where they are and that <laughs> with millions of drones can you imagine the ridiculousness of this uh, of this requirement. Basically, they're just trying to kill the personal drone sure. business. Now, I'm now I'm a private pilot, and I also play with a drone once in a while. So I have pilot pilot friends who are scared of these drones. They think, "Oh my God, we're going to crash our airplanes into these drones, and yeah. we're all going to die." That could well, be bad. First you don't of want all, a drone flying into your engine. Well, first of all, a drone is typically quite small and very lightweight and they don't they're not going to cause a lot of damage. Yes, if you get one 
if you suck one into a jet engine, it might do some damage to the engine, but probably yeah. not. It'll probably just get sucked in one side and blown out the backside. Really? The airplanes airplanes run into birds all the time. Oh, they and do. these yeah, drones true. These drones are typically smaller than a bird and lighter than a bird than than a, you know, a good-sized bird. Um, yeah, like I mean, a, is it? Like, uh, that's a great point. I mean, there's bones in those bir- birds, right? Are the bones stronger than the plastic or metal or whatever that that makes up these drones? Yeah, yeah. There's very little metal in a drone. There's mm-hmm. four little tiny motors that have little tiny magnets in them. Yes, right. they can they can put a dent in the wing. They could break the windshield of a small plane like I fly. You know, not the big jets. The big jets have very thick windshields. But um, the point is, I haven't hit a a bird my entire you know life you know uh, what 600 hours of flying or 700 hours of flying i've never hit a bird now i know some guys who have hit birds typically it doesn't do much but put a dent in the wing or whatever mm-hmm. um but the the point i'm getting at is they're using all this as a fear tactic sure the one yeah, the why? one a year ago yeah. was at an airport and they said that the air you know they shut the airport down for like two days because of the drone and then a couple months later, the the officials released a statement saying, well, uh, we actually don't have any evidence that there ever was a drone. They shut the airplane down, yeah. airport uh, down why, for two dude, days. Why be, well, why be scared then, of drones when you can be scared of the government being scared? That's what I'm scared of is a scared government. Well, I'm guessing they're always trying to stop people from innovating, stop people from mm-hmm. saving lives, stop people from doing things. Well, governments like drones when they are running Right, drones. I'm guessing they just don't want competition for the yeah. airspace. And correct me if I'm wrong, Gene, I'm not a pilot, but uh, the way I understand at least the United States governing, quote, airspace, unquote, uh, is that there's a, a certain level of altitude in which you're supposed to be able to fly things like kites, drones, et cetera, and so on. And it's not until you get to you know a certain altitude where then like, okay, you know, planes and jets and all that kind of stuff outside of taking off from the airports. Is is that a correct understanding? Well, they do have uh, restrictions on altitude and things, but generally it's only overpopulated areas. I mean, if I'm out flying over a farmer's field, technically I can fly 10 feet over the field. Oh, but okay. But you, you you're supposed to maintain 500 feet separation from buildings and populated areas and things of that nature. But, I mean, I have a seaplane and I can go land on the lake you know i can fly right down to the surface of the and lake I, and land on the lake and i know that you know military drones obviously can you know reach some fantastic altitudes are there private drones that are just as capable as military drones that you're aware of no all of these drones are typically if you can get more than 25 minutes of flying time that's incredible mm-hmm. that's a you've got a really super good drone most of them 15 20 minutes is all you can get and the speeds are 20 to 20 to 25 miles per hour you you can't get very far or right. very high with these electric drones they just don't have the power you've got to have gasoline so they're or, like the equivalent of like a remote controlled car an rc car but basically in yeah. the sky right yep yeah, you can't do much with these drones. They're really and the range very, is limited too, limited. right? Like you're you're limited by the transmission range as far as the device that's transmitting to the drone. Yes. So once they get out of now, range, they return. Now, some people have modified their drones with a, a cellular card so that they can oh, actually sweet. control the fo- the cell the thing through the cell phone network, and they can literally fly them twenty miles, you know, mm, without right. 
with it but without that's losing control. That's unusual for a drone. You use. have to have specially modified drone right. for that. But the technology exists and people can do it. But it's technically illegal to do that because the current regulations say that you you can't fly a drone outside of your line of sight. So uh, technically it's illegal to do permission, it. Right. Cause I know like filmmakers and things are using drones more and more for those great sky shots of, you know, certain areas that are, you know, pleasing to the eye geographically. Well, they technically also need to have a spotter. So even if you've got the uh, first person goggle on, you're supposed to have another person next to you being a spotter. So he's looking for, you know, low-flying helicopters and things of that nature. So, I mean, there are common-sense rules uh, that they don't have to be a law, in my opinion. It just has to be something that if you're going to take the responsibility of flying a drone, you should follow these rules, or you or somebody else might get hurt. But, I mean, I don't – all of this nonsense about trying to put all these new laws into place are just, you know, more – restrictions that's going to kill a, a blooming industry. And they this want is, to make sure that people can't rise up using drones. Well, yeah, there's not much you can do with a drone but uh, surveillance, which which is a useful tool, but they're not quite big enough to carry weapons and stuff yet. Some of them I've are. I've seen but video of a drone with a gun mounted to it, and it seemed pretty yeah. cool. Well, and well I've seen a video of a drone pulling a guy on a ski and actually picking him straight up in the air. But it was wow. a specially made drone, yeah. and the darn thing weighs about 60 pounds. You know, it's not a lightweight drone. This is a big drone. Well, thanks for the call tonight. Hey, yeah, Jane. thanks, Gene. I have learned more about drones and flying drones tonight than I have uh, in the past Thanks five for years. droning on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Have a good night, Gene. <laughs> That's good. Well, uh, that's going to wrap it up up for us here at Free Talk Live. Uh, We'll see you next time. Free Talk Live. The Free State Project has reached its goal of 20,000 liberty lovers who've pledged to move to New Hampshire and get active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Perhaps you're trying to figure out what part of New Hampshire should be your destination. If so, consider Keene. You'll find more than 150 reasons to move to Keene at move.freekeene.com. Keene is famous for its historic, publicity-generating activism, as well as being the liberty media capital of the world. It's home to freekeene.com, New Hampshire's destination for liberty activism, news, and opinion. For years, we've been compiling over 150 reasons to move to Keene at move.freekeene.com, where you'll learn about some of what's happening here and what makes Keene a great place to live. If you love liberty, you'll probably enjoy anywhere you end up in the Shire. But do your due diligence first. Please visit move.freekeen.com for the full list of over 150 reasons to move to Keene. That's move.freekeen.com.